You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, launched on the 17th of May, 2020. Yeah, hello? Hello? Look, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm very tired, so... Hello, Harper. Who's this? Seriously? Amira? Glad you're still awake. Oh, what's going on? What's that supposed to mean? Look, lovely as it is to hear your voice, it's 1am, so I take it this isn't a social call. Welcome to your weekly guide to what's going on in the big Finnish world of audio drama and audiobooks. News, reviews, your emails, behind the scenes and previews. We at Big Finish offer you a whole universe of Doctor Who audio drama. Of course, but there's so, 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 so much more. Torchwood, Terrorhawks, Time Slip, The Avengers, Blake 7, The Prisoner, Space 1999, Callan, Frankenstein, Dracula. Oh, there's so much more. And it's all available at bigfinish.com and on our free listing app which you can download for free for Android or iOS. Uh, You can also discover more about the cast and crew of our productions in our free downloadable monthly magazine, Vortex, packed with features and interviews and so much. But it says that I should mention that I'm Benji Clifford. Oh yes, and I'm Nick Briggs. Here's what's coming up in this bumper podcast. I said it was bumper last week, and I'm going to say it's bumper this week. In a few moments, Benji and I will be chatting about Time Lord Victorious. After that, we'll be taking a look at our latest reviews, talking about Susan's War, so son, where we all find out what the Doctor's granddaughter got up to in the Time War. Oh, what did she get out? It sounds like a gossip column, doesn't it? Um, up uh, After that, our featured releases uh, thingy will be a brand new re-release of our original unit adventures featuring Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, played by Nicholas Courtney, and a guest appearance by David Tennant. Yes. Well, following that, we'll be straight into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And then we'll be going behind the scenes with Volume 6 of the Third Doctor Adventures with Joe, the Brigadier, Sergeant Benton and the Daleks. Oh, and of course we'll be offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And finally we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Torchwood Iceberg by Grace Knight and starring Bern Gorman returning as Owen Harper. Cute Benji. Right, well, Nick, sit down, take a pew. Yeah, Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Right, yeah. yes, have a one. cup of tea. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about the Time Lord Victorious. The Time Lord Victorious, Time Lord Victorious, is a brand new multi-platform Doctor Who story told across audio, novels, comics, vinyl, digital, immersive theatre, escape rooms, and games! Exclamation uh, mark. Set within the dark times, at the start of the universe. Three incarnations of the Doctor must travel across space and time, mustn't forget time, as they defend the universe from a terrible race. It's like the trailer bit, you know, when it goes... And then you have the... BBC Books will be publishing two novels as part of this, featuring the 8th, 9th and 10th Doctors. I like the title of this one. The Night, the Fool and the Dead by Steve Cole and All Flesh is Grass by Una McCormack, uh, which, judging by the cover, features them Daleks. Oh, yes. All Flesh is Grass. 
That is the weirdest title. It's rather intriguing, isn't it? it? Um, I love it. These exciting new novels can be pre-ordered from Waterstones, so bash that into your search engine and search for those titles. I know there's been loads of speculation in the forums, etc., about the Big Finish audios featuring in this multi-platform narrative arc, but I think it's as well if I tell you now that there won't be an audio production featuring Christopher Eccleston and Billy Piper. There was an erroneous report in The Sun which suggested as much but that was an over-enthusiastic extrapolation, if I could say the word, based on speculation inspired by Lee Binding's superb artwork for Time Lord Victorious, which showed all these amazing characters and said people thought, oh, they're going to be in audio adventures. That's not the case. So I think it's as well to, um, you know, rumour control. One can dream, eh? One but there's low. I mean, the stuff coming up is mind-bogglingly exciting, so I don't think you'll be disappointed. But yes, Christopher Eccleston and Billy Piper are not appearing in a Big Finish audio production as part of Time Lord Victorious. Okay? that That is... that I'm not being sneaky and giving you misinformation. That is the truth. Thank you. If it changes, I can't see any reason why I won't. I'll be the first one on the phone to the lot of you. <laughs> yes, that's 3,800 million people Nick has to phone. Get out the phone. get on the phone now. <laughs> Hello? No, no news. No news. All right, goodbye. <laughs> uh, right now, um, let's get on with the latest reviews anyway. Why not, eh? And this week, as we mentioned, we're talking about Susan's War from Big Finish Productions. Susan's War. Ian! Susan! <laughs> Welcome to Gallifrey, Ian Chesterton. Welcome back to the sense sphere, Susan and Ian. I am second elder. The Daleks greet you! We require materials for repairs. May I request that you speak less loudly? We will comply. What is it? There's something on the screen. A lot of somethings. In attack formation. The invasion. Charge! They're charging at the attack ship! Maybe it's best to get it over quickly. One more. Fire! Ogrons! In headsets! Robotized Ogrons! They're Robogrons. What exactly is this weapon we're here to see? This. Come on! The alarm! The Orovics! They're loose. They've got out. They're loose in the command compound. You can't prevent the war. Why not? You helped bring it about. I did not! In the Earth year 1963. How about you get out of my way? Oh! A time ring? Grandfather! Well, he's grandfather now. I always was. Will you stop dithering and send the message, child? Goodness! Outside, we've got renegade Dalek rockers. Inside, Dalek mods from the time war. Big finish. We love stories. No! Exterminate! And you can find it and order it by going to bigfinish.com and type in... Typen, typing, typing, uh, typing, typing Susan's War into the search pane at the top. I haven't uh, ever owned a typin. No, well, uh, there's not a lot of need. Uh, you know, part of the fun of having a tie is it sort of flapping around, isn't it? Yeah, I, I might. Uh, I'd, I think we should ask uh, Luke Spillan, who's uh, in digital marketing at the BBC. He's he's in lockdown. He's been wearing a tie every day, which I salute. Wow. Let's salute Luke on that. And I think we should uh, find out whether he has a tie pin. The only thing I've been uh, wearing consistently every single day is um, slippers. 
Yeah, I've got slippers. What's what's so novel about that? Nothing. I'm just thinking if he can wear. I'll a be t- wearing a shirt. If he wears if he wears a tie all day, I wear slippers all day. Just goes to show. What does that say about how, how different we are? Look at this. Look, I've got Is it the old on. blazer? Yeah. I always, I always wear a jacket every day. Uh, people say, "Oh, hey, have you dressed up?" I go, "No, I just wear one every day." You know, for my work. And I even when I'm not working, I wear a jacket around the house. I don't know. Is that weird? Have I gone weird? Old and weird. Who knows? Who knows? It could be better. It could be a lab coat. Um, BlogToWho.com says, this is one of, if not the best of the Time War box sets. If you're following Big Finishes, yeah, it'd be good. I've got one somewhere. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I buy one. And then people will think I'm some sort of medical expert. That's not a good idea in these circumstances. Sorry, forget that. There was a great, I'll just go on a tangent, but there was a great, um, it's quite amusing. I've got a stethoscope as well. There's a great. um, I think, it was a, I think it was an old episode of Chucklevision where they wore white coats and just went around the place. I think it was called the Men in White Coats. But because they were wearing a white Funny coat, enough. everywhere they went, people assumed that they worked there. You know, like like they went past the doctor's place and they'd be called in, or like they went to a shopping centre and people thought they were the assistants or removal men. You know, the yes, power of a, yeah, the power of a coat. You. you know, very clever. Yeah. Yes, um, back to Blog to Who. Um, If you're following Big Finish's Time War arcs, then uh, you'll certainly want to pick this one up. The original Mm -hmm. companion brings a lot of weight and history with her, and this set mines that resource, but doesn't rely upon it. Susan is not the helpless girl we remember her being. She's a strong, wise, and thoughtful character who seems to be the most well-rounded of all the primary players in the Time War. The digitalfix.com says Susan's War stands out as one of the finest original stories that Big Finish has produced in recent months. Even if these adventures don't shake the very foundations of Doctor Who lore, they're entirely engaging and lovingly produced and worth taking the time to delve into. As Susan, Caroline Ford showcases the effortless charm that helped to build an unforgettable character more than half a century ago. And it's wonderful to see. Just start chuckling to myself, just remembering a time when me and my friend were in Wix trying to buy some paint, and this yes. old lady came up to us and insisted that we work there, and was asking <laughs> us where to find things. We kept saying, "I don't know, we don't work here." She said, "No, yeah, but I want to know. So, where can I find this?" I said, "I don't know. I don't. Oh no, can you show me? I, I don't know. We don't work here." Were you wearing white coats? No, we're just wearing clothes. Oh, oh clothes. So, yeah, don't wear clothes in Wix. No, don't. Well, no, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. That's bad. It's a no-no. Enough hose pipes in there, thank you very much. Um, IndieMacUser.co.uk says, <laughs> I don't know, says, um, overall, Susan's War is a rousing success and is going to be one of the big finished box sets of 2020, which is remembered for its mix of creativity, emotional storytelling, and good old fashioned fan service. Fan service, eh? Doctor Who Reviews.net says, It seems all but inevitable that Susan's War will mark the beginning of an ongoing journey into otherwise overlooked corners of the Time War, and these stories expertly lay out the potential that such a series could achieve. Though the scope of every story doesn't necessarily match the immense scope of this eternal conflict, the heart and emotion at their cores provides a variation of Doctor Who that remains true to its roots, while subtly shifting the focus to something that is simultaneously slightly more human and Gallifreyan than the Doctor typically represents. DoctorWhoWatch.com says Susan's War is still an enjoyable box set overall. It offers a unique perspective on the conflict and provides a fresh exploration of a major figure in Doctor Who history. It says it's still an enjoyable box set. 
Well, I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't enjoyable. I mean, no, it was enjoyable at the start, and it still is at the moment. It sounds like they're just still, you know, currently halfway through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just listening. No, it's still good. Still yeah, good. still good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the DoctorWhoCompanion.com says the time war is really being explored with Big Finish, and so far they've done no wrong. It's still got that mythical sense about it, but I think that although it's set in the heart of the battles, Susan's War will always stand apart from the rest of the time war range, and rightly so. It says. Oh, very good, very good. Well, the blog of delights.blogspot.com. What a name. Well done. Susan's <laughs> War is a Time War series with mileage in it. More, please, four stars. Of course, the four stars at the end, it looks as though they've sworn um, yes. at first glance. It looks like it said, more, please, and then stub their toes. And ow! Yeah. Bums! <laughs> uh, who review.wordpress.com? Who has a zero instead of an acronym? All in all, uh, Susan's War is very, very impressive release, effortlessly advancing the titular character's story in new and exciting ways, and plugging and plunging the listener, not plugging the listener, that'd just be weird, uh, once again into the excitement of the Time War. More Susan's War in future, please. Highly recommended. Four stars. Look, if it's highly recommended, why don't we get five stars? That's true. You meanie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us a star. That's a great review. Great review. Go, go on, give us a star. Give us a star. Go on. Danny Lavely, um 9 on Twitter says, Barely Hello, 15 Danny. minutes into Doctor Who, Susan's War from Big Finish, and by golly, it's glorious. <gasps> the two remaining original cast members from over 55 years ago reprising their roles in a fusion with new series elements. <sighs> new series elephants, brilliant. Uh, yeah. That's it for the reviews this week. The reviews I nearly said. Uh, more next time when we're talking about the new countermeasures the Mavellan Maneuver I always find it difficult to spell the Maneuver coming up soon we'll be going behind the scenes with the third Doctor Adventures volume 6 starring Tim Trelaw as the Doctor with Katie Manning as Joe Grant John Levine as Sergeant Benton and John Culshaw as the Brigadier and after that we'll be diving into Benji's favourite thing listeners emails but first our featured releases segment is back once again this time with Unit the original Big Finish series This is a digipack re-release of the 2005 story starring Nicholas Courtney as the Brigadier with Siri O'Neill as Colonel Emily Chaudry and featuring a young chap called David Tennant as Colonel Brimacon Wood. Uh, the stories featured are The Coup, Time Heals, Snakehead, The Longest Night and The Wasting. Uh, by writers Simon Gurrier, Ian McLaughlin and Claire Bartlett, uh, Jonathan Clemens and Joseph Lidster. And the episodes are all about um, 70 minutes, but you've got something about the running time anyway, haven't you? Yeah. Certainly have, yeah. So the total running time um, for this whole release is 300 minutes. And here's wow. what it's about. London, the near future, UNIT is finished. The UK division of UNIT prepares to cede its authority to a new organisation. But who is attempting to sabotage the handover? Hmm, yes. Here's a teaser. Units always been a political football. They don't like us. But when there's nobody else to clean up the mess, we're their best friend. Until things go wrong or we don't suit the political climate anymore. Obviously. Oh, I have something for you. The package I was waiting for arrived. 
It's being hooked into the computer system. It's an untraceable link into the phone networks. And it'll scan and analyse every phone call being made on all the various networks. Our computers can't cope with that. Oh, they don't have to. The code contains a worm that lets the programme use other computers all around the world. How legal is all that? Sorry, didn't catch the question. <sighs> OK, I didn't ask. <laughs> what do you want now? Sod off. Colonel? Chaudry? What the bloody hell are you doing here? A rescue. <laughs> or, it, or a jailbreak. <laughs> I'm no expert in these things. We've come to get you out. Why the hell did you get in? What about the patrols, the guards? Having a lie down. <laughs> well, I've got to hand it to you, Em. You know how to surprise a bloke. <laughs> That's one of the things they teach us at Posh Totty Finishing School. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you. Are you hurt? Well, I haven't used the thumbscrews yet, but they've kept me busy in the interrogation room. Drugs, mainly. Do you want an MO to have a look at you? Not that we actually have one. Well, just as well I don't bloody need one then, isn't it? I'll take a gun, though. I don't think unit's going to walk in and out of an ISIS base without some kind of scuffle. You sound like you're looking forward to it. <sighs> what do you think? How many bayonets have we got? A dozen men here, plus the Brigadier and Sergeant Willis. They're dealing with Winnington. What Brigadier? You don't mean that old fossil Lethbridge Stewart? He's taking on Winnington? Well, that's the plan. Just go to bigfinish.com and type UNIT into the search pane at the top and you'll find all our exciting unit releases there too as we mentioned we'll soon be going behind the scenes with the third doctor adventures volume six mm-hmm. and we'll be giving you a 15 minute drama tease with torchwood iceberg starring Byrne gorman as owen harper but first it's time <coughs> i just rearranged my creaking chair for listeners emails Well, if you're like Nick's chair and it's just creaking there, trying to reach out and say, read the emails, then you've come <laughs> to the right place. And if you want to contact us, send an email, say hello, say goodbye, I don't know. Um, don't and then goodbye. just don't say goodbye, just say hello. Come in and don't leave. Um, <laughs> you can send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's P O D cast at B I G finish.com. First up, here's one from Nathan Tech. Subject approved email 005 gamma beep click 93332 of Jadoon Complex 92. Mm. Kyonek and Benji. Oh. Hope you fine fellows are keeping well in this lockdown. Waiting for the doctor to show up any day now and reveal Corona has been a Dalek invention uh, and that he can fix it all with a wave of a Sonic and an Alon Z. Um, I'll keep the email as short as possible and have two things 2.5 uh, to talk about. First of all, I was wondering if Nick, you wouldn't mind telling us a bit about what an executive producer does. I kind of think mm-hmm. I can guess what script writers, sound designers, producers and such do, but I was just wondering mm-hmm. if you could talk us through a day in the life of an exec. <laughs> Blimey. Wake up, get out of bed, drag a comb right through my head. Well, not really the comb thing. Comb um, right through my beard. <laughs> not even that. Um, what? What's? There's no average day. Um, it changes. You know, like yesterday, for example, I was working on something top secret, remote directing, all day. But while it's all going on, 
My job is really to have, I work as part of a team. That's the first thing to emphasize. You know, there's Jason, who's co-executive producer with me, who's also the chairman of the company. So he's my boss. Um, but um, we're friends and we've had a you know friendship for many years and we all work together. There's uh, David Richardson, who's the uh, senior producer. And he's sort of, uh, I work with him most closely. He's responsible for all the sort of nuts and bolts of uh, getting studio sessions done. Then there's Steve Berry, who's the uh, head of marketing, who I speak to an awful lot about strategies for promoting things. And, and he has his assistant, Chloe. Um, and there's Sue Cowley, who's head of uh, digital assets. And of course, there's Hannah, Hannah Peel, who is the um, operations director. And I am also... Um, a creative director so my responsibility is all the creative output and inputs of big finish so i'm constantly i have a constant flow of approvals i'm doing i'm approve i'm reading and approving and giving notes on storylines occasionally uh scripts as well but mostly storylines usually scripts of things that i'm working on as a director i also have creative stuff i'm doing as uh, you know, a composer and a writer and what have you, um, uh, and then just discussions about policy and um, lots of dull stuff about contracts and uh, things like that. But uh, yeah, it's just a constant. I'm just trying to think what takes up most of my time. It's just yeah and checking schedules and going through and making sure we're planning ahead talking to david richardson about things we can plan in the future then having meetings with jason about that um and keeping the company running really from a creative point of view that's my responsibility uh and you know couldn't do it without all the other people who you know i work together with uh and that's uh i'm doing that in tandem with any immediate creative stuff I'm doing like doing the podcast for example as I'm doing the podcast I'm receiving emails about things and occasionally I'm sending off a quick reply about it I say oh, I'm just podcasting at the moment I'll get back to you or no definitely we shouldn't do that or no that's a good idea also looking for new talents you know having uh, people sending in auditions as sound designers and composers I'm the person who looks at that uh, I approve all the covers that go out and also we often are looking for new cover artists so just everything is there anything i've missed out benji that you that i've told you i do i think that's a pretty a pretty you know good kind of amalgamation of all of the aspects really i'm just trying to think if there's anything else i mean i'm always set. writing as well i'm always writing scripts well i would say you know we, we were joking about this weren't we um a couple of days ago you know it's just always working really you know mm. i i know that you work extremely hard and you you're always doing something always in the lab cooking up yeah. something but um <laughs> but yeah it's, i think i think with what you do i think it's sort of you know it's just as just as creative as it is kind of executive -y, isn't it really you you doing juggling all kinds of aspects oh of yeah things. and they're sort of like bbc meetings and things like that you know where we have meetings with all the bbc people and chat about stuff yeah so it's never i'm never off really i work every day of the week and I'm not complaining because it's largely my choice. I mean, I realise there's a problem here that I should see, seek counselling about. <laughs> because I, I find I remember saying to my wife last night, you know, she said, you work harder than, you know, anyone I know and have ever known. And um, I, um, 
Uh, and I said, yeah, is it? She said, so sometimes you can stop. I said, is that all right, though? And she went, what do you mean, is it all right? Of course it's all right. And I said, it just doesn't feel like it's all right. You know, so there you go. So I started off very bright and breezy with this answer. And I seem to have got a little bit depressed at my own workaholism. Um, but, you know, whenever I do try to force myself to stop and do nothing, I get... Well, it sounds like addiction, doesn't it? I get sort of itchy fingers. You said the same to me, didn't you, Benji? You said you stopped and went and sat in the garden for a couple of hours. And after I that, managed an hour, just, and a, an hour and a quarter. <laughs> yeah. And you just think, oh, I just, oh, there's a tune in my head or there's an idea or you, you just want to. And if you've got the permission and the opportunity to be creative, there's nothing better than that. I never think, oh, I can't stand all these stories. I just I just long to play with my PlayStation or something, you know. I don't ever think that. I'm more likely when I'm watching a film or doing something to relax or walking along on a beach or taking exercise in this lockdown. I'm more likely to be thinking, I can't wait to get back and write this down or to do this piece of music that I've got in my head. So that's it. It's all it's all sumi. It's all creative balance, isn't it? I mean, you know, I I mean, you know, I work. I I try to have weekends off now because I feel like I should have some time off, but. um, but, you know, I work all day doing sound design. Then when it comes to the evening, when it's my downtime, I just stay in the same place and just do something else creative. I, I Like yeah. you, really. I like to... I suppose, in a way, I like to contribute towards something. In my head, I have to be making and creating something. I don't yes. like the idea of not making it. And like, I like the progress of being like, I've made this or I've done that. Or, I, you know, this project's ticking over in the background and things like that. It's nice well, you, to you, do that. And you sent me a fantastic thing that you did last <laughs> night. Can I mention the title of it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah hyperactive. You know, uh, and, and you, your cover version of that, which is just amazing. And that's what you did up oh, until just one up, o'clock in the morning. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say I was up until really late doing it. I just, yeah, I love, I love creating things, and I was sitting there doing all the little MIDI notes and oh, music. that's amazing. Planning to do that one live. That's the idea. Is have that in the middle of a set of original material, and then break into that live and go crazy oh wow so that would be, be good fun getting to get some yeah. backing singers and stuff um that's oh, a great whole tangent in itself yeah but um, you see this is it and i'm not only am i interested in that stuff myself i'm interested in other people who are like that and i think that's one of the reasons you and i get on so well benji that because we've got this sort of tingling going on in our brain where we just have to keep going you know I, you know listen it's fine if you're the kind of person who just wants to sit on a sofa and put your feet up that's probably more sensible and you'll probably live longer <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know i find i find it very difficult relating to people like that i like i like people who are engaged and can't stop i don't like people i don't get on so well so easily with people who are more who who think that work is something that you know needs to be compartmentalized i it's like we speak a different language i'm not saying it's wrong i mean as i say i think that's possibly more sensible but i find i find it difficult to relate to people like that who who are clock watching and can't wait to stop or get home that to me it makes me depressed i feel slightly sick inside when people are like that but i mean a lot of people have jobs where you know if i had their job i would feel like that too so yeah you know i used dues. to i used to work in a, a call center of my first job and i spent all of I my time call looking center at, too, yeah, yeah exactly then you know it that's clock watching that's sitting there thinking i can't wait to do this we're lucky, you know, that we, we can, I suppose, do things that we enjoy. I think living. I told you that I worked in a call centre with Pangol from the Leisure Hive. <laughs> you did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, and the funny thing is that had already been on and I didn't notice it was him because he didn't have the big wig on. 
David and one Hay day he was. came in with the wig and <laughs> sat down. God, Oops. if I'd known, I would never have let him out of my sight. Very nice guy. I've not seen doors. him. You can't leave. I want you to recite all of your lines. Everyone. Who expected such a huge answer to one small question? Well, we've got some more questions, but hopefully mm. I think these are, are shorter. Um, second one here is, um, do you record each one of the This Is A Big Finish production uh, clips that we hear at the beginning of each show? Well, I don't record them all individually. Uh, I've recorded one, uh, and they've... Uh, I may have done two or three, I don't know. But yes, it's if you notice, it's the same. This is a big Finnish production. It's 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 exactly the same every time. I don't record it separately. I don't rush into the studio when they're doing every production. <laughs> Can I just, I just want to say this. Is a, I do sometimes when I'm recording individual announcements, like, you know, Doctor Who, blah, 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 volume six. Um, I do another big Finnish. We love stories. You know, I do another one so to vary that a bit. So and you always I, start I it as well, don't you, with, you know, coming soon from Big Finish Productions or, or from Big Finish Productions, yeah. and then it's a big list of titles. Yes, and every now and again I do a new from Big Finish Productions just to keep the rhythm going. But uh, And I notice that different sound designers, this is another long, boring answer, isn't it? Uh, different sound designers use different versions of Big Finish We Love Stories, whether they it's just the one that happens to be to hand or whether they prefer one. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, got I've just one got I the prefer. same one. I've just got the, the, I've used the same one since I started. Yeah. Is that like your stamp of approval? I'm sorry, I'm not meant to be reading out the email, but um, uh, no, uh, well, yeah, carry on. Well, no, you could say it. Actually. Go on. No, no, well, no, you say it. I insist. <laughs> no. I insist. I insist. I've said, it. I've said it. I'm not saying it again. It's it's not my stamp of approval. It's just. Uh, I mean, it obviously is because I approve everything, but. Um, that's not the reason for it. It's just so that people know they're listening to a big finished production, I suppose. Especially if they're listening to it illegally. Don't do it. Um, finally, and most importantly, I've been banging on about this for a while. Got me tin cup and banging on the bar of me cell. Um, could we, <laughs> could we uh, just have a big shout out ah, um, to the sound designers of Big Finish? Ah, Shout definitely. out to all you hard-working backroom boys yeah. and girls well, doing the job. It is, you know, arguably the most important job, actually, because um, it, you know, every, it brings all the other talent together and then the composer on top of that. But, it, you know, it would be nothing without the sound design. Um, everyone's important, but yeah, huge shout. They, they tend not to get interviewed, do you, on, on the extras and things, because often we don't know who's doing the sound design at the time the uh, production's being recorded, or the sound designers are too busy doing sound design on other productions to come into the studio to do an interview. It's a, rel it's a relentless process, sound design. And so, you know, it's, I mean, certainly for me, I mean, I've not stopped, you know, for... I mean, when did I join Big Finish? What, 2015, was it? You know, something like that. You know, so I've, I've been working wall-to-wall-to-wall-to-wall releases since then. You know, but again, you know, we're all technically freelance. There's no, you know, we're not full-time employees of Big Finish. Yeah. You know, and I, and I always say to people, you know, I'm incredibly grateful as a freelancer to, to look ahead and say, I've, I've got projects on the go, you know, going right into the end of this year, early next year, potentially. 
that never happens for a lot of freelancers. So no, no. You know, and when when you're good, we snap you up and won't let go of you. Well, the good thing away. is as well, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of dedicated sound designers and people that have oh, been amazing. here for a long time. You know, people that c- can absolutely you know, laugh at how new I am. To, uh, <laughs> to to big finish, they laugh in your face. But then I'm noticing we've got some really talented new people coming in as well at the moment, and that's great. You know, that's really nice, and it's nice. Well, it's like to Lee see. Adams is pretty. Well, Lee new, was isn't who it? I was thinking of, funnily enough. Yeah, when you yeah. know, incredibly talented and just a lovely person, and just really nice and I, to talk to. He is, yeah, gorgeous, and he, um, and I love to see. I hope this doesn't sound uh, patronising. Um, but I love to see the the curve, the learning curve they go on, and when they improve and improve and become more and more creative, that's fantastic. And bizarrely, you know, I have in my mind like an a, an idea of the character of each sound designer's work. <laughs> so when David Richardson says to me, "Who should we get to do that?" and I go, "Oh, I know who we should get for that." It's like casting an actor, knowing their strengths, the kind of thing that they love. Um, yeah, so. Uh, and different people have d- different people have different styles, don't they? That's the thing. You know, it is very much some people. You know, I, uh, the way I design is very kind of not real. Not realism's the wrong word, but I, I lay out lay out the set in my mind where things are and work almost a little bit mathematically, which is hilarious because yeah. I'm not mathematical at all. But I know exactly where but things are. It's very are. methodical, yeah, and it's very it's great. I love it, and it also makes it the way you work is very. Um, it's very useful for giving notes because I can sort of I can see how you've constructed it so I know how I can say oh you know that bit there if you could just maybe add there rather than making some very <laughs> obstructive general comment oh can you make it a bit better you know because I know about sound design I can say I think what you need to do there is just add that f- two more footsteps there or a scuff and I think yeah. well, you know that kind of thing it, it, you're very precise which makes giving precise notes to you very easy but then you get other people that do things incredibly differently and kind of abstract and fun and, and you can get some really creative people who do some really, you know, who you listen to it and you think, wow, how do they do that? That's amazing. Yeah. You know, how did they come up with that? That's such a, 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 a great idea. Oh, yeah, um, I love it when I can't tell how it's done. I love that's that. That's the magic of it, isn't it? And that's yeah, the beauty yeah. of sound design. Um, I'll carry on with this because we've, we've only got we're still in the first email um, I really enjoyed the podcast episodes where you interviewed the sound designers and just think what they do to quote the doctor is fantastic 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 um, they turn a scene of monologue into being able to close your eyes and to see before you the Victorian room the clock over in the corner the point you can almost smell the old carpet and the smoke from the master of the house's cigar wait smoke Gotta go. Someone's trying to break into the complex. Thanks a lot and keep up the good work. Nathan. P.S. Still stuck in this Jadoon complex. Send help and stop trying to burn it down just because you're a dragoon. Seriously. <laughs> love it. Love it. Here's uh, one from Sam Hoskins. Good evening, Benji and Nick. Can I start by saying how fantastic your work is on the 8th Doctor Adventures, Benji? Oh, thank you. The thank sound you so design much. throughout. Oh. Ravenous was incredible, and I'm eagerly awaiting Stranded. We certainly tried to make that one as scary as possible with the Ravenous. Um, I, yeah, I did enjoy that. That was a great series. And Stranded, well, Stranded's uh, just in the process now. Jamie's adding the music to the top Jamie of it. Robertson, yeah. Very different Stranded. I mean, I don't know how much has been revealed about it, but it's an incredibly different series. You couldn't get... Uh, 
sort of more of a polar opposite to, to ravenous really but it's Which just very great. enjoyable bring the changes yeah it's gonna yeah they're recording more of it today actually remotely um but refer oh yeah but referring back to the subject of my email it's now been over a year since the last box set of unit adventures i would personally put this series as the best thing you guys produce box set two unit silenced was a particular highlight uh what when might we get more will there be any more I hope the answer is soon and yes, and I assure you I'll be the first to pre-order, or at least one of the first. Uh, there's definitely something coming along, I'll say that. Uh, anyway, uh, loving the recent sales and your engagement with the fan base during these strange times continues to be excellent. Stay safe, Sam H. Thank you, Sam. Any word on whether it's anything's coming in the pipeline? I, I did say. I made oh, a very you? vague promise. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So I'm just not with it. Um, talk of not with it. Um, Jeanette uh, Stent has written in to say, Hi Nick and Benji, I believe I've spotted the deliberate error in this <laughs> week's podcast. Right at the beginning, Benji said the podcast was released on Sunday the 3rd of May, not the 10th. Buck up, Benji! Um, another very lovely podcast, by the way. Jeanette Stent. Thanks for writing in, Jeanette. Well, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jeanette. I, it's uh, it wasn't a deliberate mistake. It was an accidental mistake. It was entirely my fault. I mean, I could blame Benji for reading out the wrong date and not saying, "Ear Briggs, you got that wrong, didn't you?" But we don't know what the date is, do we? I was going to say, especially now in sort of lockdown life, nobody. Really, yeah. I don't know what day it is. The only reason I know we're recording this on Thursday. The only reason I know this is Thursday is because we've got the clap tonight for the NHS. Yeah, and that's the only highlight of my week. Um, <laughs> And I WhatsApped you to say, can we do it on Thursday rather than Friday? Because I've got a recording on Friday. That's, yes, you did. That's so probably that's, why you knew, isn't it? That's what exactly. I don't know, I don't know what day it is. No, and I so I, I've taken to using the previous scripts as the templates for the new script. So, and I thought, oh yeah, there we are. That's the welcome. That's fine. I rewrote the rest of it, adding in new things, but forgot to change the date. Karen Parkson, the big finish, obviously pointed that out to me as well. Thank you. I feel such a fool. And finally, here's one from Chris Fitzsimmons. Hi, guys. I'm a long-time listener, right back to the Sirens of Time. Well done. And wrote to you in the early noughties to compliment Creatures of Beauty. Still one of my favourites. Thank you very much. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it, actually. A Peter Davison adventure that I wrote that's all in a funny higgledy-piggledy order. I'm visually impaired, and Big Finish has been a constant in my life since 1999. You wrote back to say thanks for my letter and I just wanted to mail in again to say how great the various ranges are and the positive impact you're continuing to have. Not just with the omni shambles that's going on, but just generally loving the work you all do. Alongside Big Finish and, of course, Doctor Who, I'm a Pet Shop Boys fan and I'm listening and, and I'm finding I'm listening to a lot of their music to get through lockdown. Their new album, Hotspot, is brilliant, by the way, and well worth a listen. My question is, what music or other audio stuff are you listening to to either distract and or help you through lockdown? Benji? I can answer this question, but I'll just quickly say Pet Shop Boys are great. I've got introspective on vinyl and it's a, a cracker. Um, I can tell you what I've been listening to and I'll tell you the last three it's summed up in the last three records I've bought in lockdown so um, listen to a lot of Thomas Dolby so I've bought oh, uh -huh, um, The Flat Earth by Thomas Dolby obsessed with him um, absolutely obsessed um, <laughs> type of person I'd like to have a beer with because he just knows synthesizers inside out um, yeah. I'm listening to a lot of prefab sprout um, I've just bought what's it called Jordan the 
Jordan the Comeback is the album. Um, I'm trying to get as all of the. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's silly really because Thomas Dolby actually produced um, Prefab Sprout, but I didn't know this, and so mm. now I obviously realise um, why. And also, um, the Eastrons um, are a, another band that I'm absolutely loving. A little the bit heavier. Eastrons. Yeah, they're kind of like punky, kind of heavyish punk band. Um, That's good. They're really, really good. So those are the three records that um, I've just purchased actually i've got a huge i don't know if you can see behind me nick i know you can't because i've got my zoom back one on i've been arranging <laughs> got the rovers my, returned i've got no, the rovers the queen vic or is it the rovers, the rovers don't be sorry, sorry. betray the show um <laughs> i've i've got i had to buy some more crates to fit my records in so i've got too much so each crate holds about 100 records so i've now got three three of those crates and another crates of um with other stuff in overflowing so climbing too many records I did just yawn then, but that wasn't because of the subject oh, matter. You boring soul. Oh, very nice. Your what about you, Nick? What well, are you listening left to? Left to my own devices, I probably would. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a little pet shop voice. Very James. good. Very good. Um, I um, I'm very weird and dull with my music. Um, I d- I tend not to just sit down and listen to music unless it's sort of TV music and stuff. Even though I've got lots of albums. Um, I was delighted to watch an episode of Killing Eve the other day and they actually used a track from my favourite Moody Blues um, album and it right Dear Diary I thought my god their tastes are eclectic Um, that was not the album the album is on the the threshold of a dream Uh, what have I been listening to just recently well very sadly after having a chat with Tom Spilsbury and a bunch of the lads Jason Haygallery included uh, we were all having a good old laugh on Zoom over a beer I ended uh, shout, ended up shouting at Andrew Smith to shut up. That's not exactly the words I used, but I won't repeat them here. <laughs> um, but we were having an argument about police procedures. Of course, Andrew Smith always likes to talk about. He was negating one of my memories because he said, no, that's uh, not what the police did in 1985. I said, oh, well, obviously, you were there, weren't you? Um, and, uh, uh, yes, the Sunmakers we were talking about has just been released and so I bought that on iTunes last night so I've been listening to that and Marquez has done a fantastic job restoring it I mean I don't know how good the original recordings were but it sounds like it was recorded yesterday it's great he's, work yeah he's absolutely. done amazing it's, and it's it's beautiful composition um, I haven't bought the Crotons I don't know whether I want to listen to I've got the I've got the Crotons on them I've got that on vinyl I've got that on a have 10 you? inch yeah 10 inch which is weird for some reason I, I, it's one of the only Funny enough, only the only ten inches I've got are all TV music. How strange is that? Yeah, that yeah I've got weird. that, and it is just that. It's a bit of Tardis stuff. Few, few sort of noises. Yeah, interesting. Maybe I will. I think I'm gonna. Have to I've got. I've got now. Tristram carries the Daleks on twelve. Oh yeah, inch. that's an incredible score. Uh, also, I keep listening to the theme of uh, when Eight Bells Toll, the sort of released version of it the record version which isn't the same as the movie version and and this morning i was listening to the theme of uh, what was called on the bbc desert crusader and i listened to that about 15 times in a row oh and my rule is i've been watching life on mars and my rule is every time i get to the starting sequence part i have to replay it three times because i just love the theme of life on mars and i'm particularly addicted to the way uh, john sims said uh, something about getting back home in the um and he says home <laughs> getting back home 
I've got a, I've got a um a playlist on my Spotify, um, which is all the music featured in Life on Mars. Oh wow, that's a cracker to listen to because you've got loads of old classic, you know, a lot of David Bowie and Uriah Heep. Oh, Uriah Heep! You know, oh my god, it's a good song on the Gypsy, which is a great one on there. Um, yeah, some crackers. Oh, well, well, there's our big old answer for you, Chris. Uh, looking forward to what's coming up from you all. And thanks once again, Chris, from Huddersfield. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for being thank brilliant. You. And thank you for asking such a fascinating question. I don't know whether the answers were fascinating, but the question was fascinating. Yes, I, I like to listen to white noise on repeat. The sound of silence. Um... That's it for the emails this week. Thank you so much to everybody that emailed in. Please keep them coming and send them to podcast at bigfinish.com. And delightfully enough, there'll be more next time. (gasps) Time now to go behind the scenes with The Third Doctor Adventures, Volume 6. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of The Third Doctor Adventures. Poison of the Daleks. Oh, well, that started life actually as something quite different. I'd brought in Guy Adams, who'd written a couple of previous Third Doctor stories for us, both of which I really loved, and suggested to him the idea of doing a good old unit, the Third Doctor and Joe versus the Daleks epic. Guy took that away and he came back with a story which was lovely, but probably just didn't offer enough that was new. He had more of a time travel spin on it, really, with Unit and the Brig going back into history. And it seemed seemed more fun to take them into outer space, again trying to find new things to do with this team. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I'm the director of The Third Doctor Adventures, Volume 6. Oh no! All intruders are to be exterminated! Well, it's always great to do a Dalek story. There's the added stress stroke delight of doing Dalek voices at the same time as directing. And inevitably, you end up directing the cast in a Dalek voice and everyone talks about, oh, it's very funny hearing the director directing in a Dalek voice. Well, you know, I'm over it. When people are laughing, I'm just get on with it. (laughs) You know, I'm directing you. I know I sound like a Dalek, but just leave it. Um, Yeah, lots of fun. Hi, I'm Tim Trelaw. I play the Doctor, the third Doctor. Oh, it's always great doing the Daleks because the, the Daleks is is something that appeals to me personally through, because that's that's what I associate as being the horror of Doctor Who as well as the Cybermen for me. But yeah, it's the second time I've been with the Daleks now in the Big Finish stories. So yeah, I love doing it. And obviously you've got the proper Dalek there as well, the, the original Nick Briggs. So um, yeah, that's great as well. I'm Katie Manning and I play Joe Grant. Joe in this one is, you know, uh, we know that Joe is actually, you know, as often mistaken that Joe is this, you know, pathetically stupid, totally naive, you know, and I always say you don't have to have exams and so on to be smart and to be bright. Joe was extremely bright. And so, you know, what's lovely in this, she knows what's going on. 
and she will ask the odd question, but that's great because that answers it for some people who are listening who don't know that answer either, because not everybody has an A-level science. <laughs> you know, you can see her relationship with the doctor, how fond of each other that they are, you know, without it becoming sort of irky-perky in pages of it, just it's there, it's written in. And I'm very happy because I find it very difficult to play against Joe's type, which occasionally happens. You get... You know, people who think she's just this one-dimensional, rather stupid... You know, yes, she did trip over things. Yes, she did occasionally have the odd moment where she was going, but I don't understand. But on the whole, she was very good at coming up with plots, plans, and, and she was very brave and did things that many other girls haven't done. And she certainly didn't scream a lot. She did a lot of breathing in. <laughs> a lot of lookout doctors. So I'm always very happy when I see that aspect of Joe coming out because I, I, I do feel very protective of her. Brilliant to have John Colshaw back as the brigadier. So sorry he was only in for a day, but he's such a busy, busy man. He's off on tour, but we got all his stuff done in a day. And of course, we had the delightful John Levine, who I've known for many years, and who's such a character and a living legend. <laughs> John Colshaw and uh, back playing the brigadier. Oh, that's it. We're out of fuel. Looks like there was just enough, though. That's the last of them gone. Well done, Benton. Oh, no. There's even more of them. And this time we're completely defenceless. I love being with the Third Doctor team. You, you, you get the sense of the, the family. When John Pertwee would always talk about uh, his Doctor Who family, and he mentioned everyone by name. Being in the mix of that, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. You do get the feeling of that. You know, when John Levine and Katie Manning are chatting together, they bring back the sense of when they were working together in the 1970s and Tim and I can just step into that and join in, get into the rhythm and momentum of all of that. And, uh, yes, it's, it's terrific. And Alex, it's lovely to have Alex in because she's been doing such fantastic work for our Torchwood range, uh, part of the new Torchwood character lineup and we needed someone who was really gutsy and who uh, in a very shorthand way could just get across to the audience like i'm i'm in charge of this group of rebels but not in charge in a bossy way but in charge like a loving and caring for them being like a mother to them all and she came in and right from the first syllable that was really clear it was really beautiful what she did i i loved it and she just had a natural affinity for doing it as well and considering that that's not the kind of stuff she does for Torchwood so much it was it was interesting to have her transpose into this different world. I am Alexandria Riley and I play Red. I love this character actually um she's kind of like the rebel rebellion you know out there trying to change and save the world kind of thing or uh, save her people and really out there for the greater good and I loved it she's just I love how earthy the character was in comparison to sort of the last character I played that was quite different quite uh, quite a different which is which was a nice opportunity as well but um yeah I think it was nice to kind of relate to this. I, I could relate to this uh, character on a number of levels, like her motivation for things and the way she spoke to the other characters. And she was sort of like a little mini hero, really, like coming in to help save the day kind of thing. And yeah, the approach to it was to, you know, just to be as human as possible with, with her and the emotional connection that she had to the cause and to the other characters in the cast was really easy to kind of uh, tap into as well so that was great this is jonathan barnes and i wrote doctor who 
the third Doctor Adventures, Operation Hellfire. Yeah, it was another hugely exciting out-of-the-blue email from Big Finish, who asked me to contribute to the, to the third Doctor range, which obviously I'd admired for some time. Well, I'm endeavouring, Joe, to see if I can't persuade this rather recalcitrant piece of equipment to start operating again. It is a different one, and uh, one that um, I'm very much enjoying, as uh, it's uh, it's set in the heart of a, a subject that I'm completely fascinated, which is the Second World War, and Winston Churchill. The brief was, um, yeah, quite a tantalising one. The Big Finish production team asked for a pure historical, kind of right in the thick of the Pertwee era. So I went away and had a had a think about that. Um, wondering, I guess, very much, you know, what kind of a pure historical might have been attempted by the the Barry Letts, Terence Dix team around that that time came up with three possibilities and the answer came straight back. They were very, very keen on the World War II setting. Um, something seems just kind of right, I think, about imagining um, the third Doctor, you know, in the, in the 1940s, right in the, in, in the midst of the action. Ah! You ah. idiot! Do you still not understand? I... You're, you're one of them. The... The enemy. I'm a winner, Doctor. That's what I am. They're as evil as the as the monsters, aren't they? Well, they are monsters. Yeah. So dealing with that—that's a fascinating subject as well. Sort of treason and traitors. Having accepted that and having gone for the World War Two setting, um, I then started to kind of query um, whether a pure historical in the sort of you know Hartnell, very early Troughton sense would ever have been attempted by that particular team and I came up with the solution that it might have been but with a little slither of something of something fantastical so we have a fairly hopefully a fairly straightforward historical just with that flavour of the um of the weird I am Beth Goddard and I have been playing or will be playing the time lady and Sally when I originally read it she reminded me of um Fiona Shaw in Killing Eve so I was fully prepared to come here to do play it as Fiona Shaw but actually once I got into the room it slightly sort of changed and I think as sometimes happens when you're working with other actors and I I, I sort of I, I think she became more frustrated with the characters so it slightly changed uh, my ideas of what I was going to do while, while we were recording today and what do you want I am sent from the conclave of grails and antiquities on a mission most urgent I've never seen you before. What happened to that fellow in the bowler hat? Your reputation precedes you, Doctor. The interesting thing about Operation Hellfire is that it has a core of Third Doctor authenticity in it, but it's like a sort of alternative take on the Third Doctor in the same way that something like like Inferno or Ambassadors of Death feel like atypical, even though they were right at the beginning of the Third Doctor stories on television. The whole style of that era of Doctor Who developed into something that sort of settled into a different feel. And this feels like that. That It also reminds me of, of um, an, in a good way, I mean, of like a TV action comic strip, the sort of thing they might do, like they did do one set in the Second World War. And if you go to bigfinish.com and type Third Doctor Adventures into the search pane at the top, the little sort of, you know, raffia oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. work base, um, <laughs> you'll find all our exciting Third Doctor Adventures. And this here is the latest one out this week, the latest volume. Oh, yeah. 
That's kind. Uh, we'll be drama teasing you with Torchwood Iceberg soon, but before that, it's time to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Yes, it's time for the Random Boy Selectatron. Well, Ran has spoken and delivered the goods this week with a, a, yeah. a rather different um, release. It's actually The Martian Chronicles. Oh, The Martian Chronicles. Yeah, Derek Jacobi and, of course, Hayley Atwell. Um, yes, you heard that one, right? Yes. Um, well, let's listen to the trailer. Look! Up there! Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles. What's his state of mind? He spent 20 years flying around Pluto. I watched those astronauts fall 38 miles to Earth. And let's go see if we can find ourselves a Martian. When I was 10 years old, everyone at school had a poster of you on their bedroom walls. The first human voice from Mars. The whole world was listening. It's incredible. Looks like a gateway into the city. They're dead! Sam, you're frightening me! They're all dead! There's nothing anyone could have done, Spender. I know they're here. I can feel it. It's never our fault, is it? Humans always find someone else to blame. It's gone, I repeat, it's gone. I've got nothing, I've got zero. Hey, you Martians! Where's their respect? Where's their sense of the right thing? Now we knew for sure we weren't alone. We almost wish we were. Yes, this was made by, um, uh, I think it was made by B7 Media for Radio 4, but it was uh, also released through us. Uh, Gets some great reviews. Uh, great cast and uh, directed by uh, Andrew Mark Sewell, uh, who um, Jason and I have known for ages, also responsible for the uh, Dan Dare stuff. So um, quite a force out there in the audio world. Um, oh, it was fantastic to have Derek Jacobi and Hayley Atwell in it. Hayley, you know, has worked for us. There's also Zoe Tapper, who's worked for us too. Yeah, great um, survivors. Yes, survivors. And um, she was in the remake of Survivors as well. Mm-hmm. So great stuff, and you get a 25% discount off this. Great, oh, by the way, great sound design by Alistair Locke as well. Smash him. Well, there we go. So if you want to get your discount, it's so, so easy, so simple. Uh, all you have to do is go to bigfinish.com, go across the menu at the top there to podcasts, click on that, and you'll have the latest podcast. Click read more, and then in the little blurb, uh, what a word, blurb, um, it, it's, it tells you to click there. It says click here and enter the code BUCKUP, B-U-C-K-U-B, and then you'll get your discount. That's it. Bada boom. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you, Ran. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Yes. Um, and now, of course, it's time for us to say goodbye in the style of uh, John Pertwee. This will quite, quite. Yes, well, I suppose we best say I have goodbye. Some sort of galactic yo-yo. <laughs> Reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the, fo- of the force field now. <laughs> yeah, oh, 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 Mrs. Crowman, I pulled that one up, Mrs. Crowman. Wazzle, wazzle, wazzle. Mrs. Edge. Oh, I haven't heard that for ages. Raise his hat. Raise his hat. What wonderful imaginations these two children have. Oh, Wurzel. I mean, how can a scarecrow talk? <laughs> And while we're away, 
why not entertain yourself with the first 15 minutes of Torchwood Iceberg by Grace Knight and starring Bern Gorman as Owen Harper. Yeah, hello. Hello. Look, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm very tired, so... Hello, Harper. Who's this? Seriously? Amira? Glad you're still awake. Oh, what's going on? What's that supposed to mean? Look, lovely as it is to hear your voice, it's 1am, so I take it this isn't a social call. I need your help. What's wrong? You okay? I'm fine. It's a work thing. Listen, there was a rumour after you left that you got headhunted to work in research. Cutting edge. Maybe even secret. Well, I... So I thought, if anyone can help. Owen, I'm desperate. I'm trying to save her, but nothing works. She's dying. thought they were closing this place down. They are. Everything's moving over to St. Helens. They call it streamlining. <laughs> yeah, sounds familiar. So, who is she? Her name's Lucy Shepherd. Came in this morning. Drowsiness keeps passing out. She started getting worse, and I just can't figure out why. Elevated respiration, but slow, arrhythmic heart rate. ECG? In here. Hmm. Huh? What? The ward's full. And? I wasn't expecting a full ward in a hospital that's getting bulldozed in a month. You know how it works. Everything left till the last minute, which means I'm stuck here with four wards worth of patients to look after. Yeah, but why? I mean, last thing I heard, you were in psychiatries. I got drafted. Skeleton staff. This is our troublemaker. Lucy. 25. No history of any relevant health problems. Uh, how long has she been out? Not long this time. Ten minutes? Right. Let's have a look at you. Lucy. Peak T waves, widen QRS, absent P waves. You don't seriously need me to diagnose this for you. Don't be smug. Just tell me. Hyperkalemia. You got me out of bed at this time of night for something any third-year medical student could have told you. You weren't in bed. I'm sorry. I just... What are you doing? Taking bloods. Just make sure it is hyperkalemia. Oh, right. Don't worry, Lucy. If you're as out of it as I think you are, this won't hurt a bit. What's that? This is a little something I borrowed from the day job. Always showing off. Yes. Now, if I just insert the sample... Okay. Oh, Jesus. How is she even... What? Her, her potassium's at 9.5 millimolar. I've literally never seen anything over six, ever. That's acute hyperglemia. You know what to do next. Uh, come on. Remind me. 
Stabilise the cardiac membrane? Or do you need me to treat your patients as well as diagnose them? Yeah, I do, actually. Emera, what is this? This is basically... Are you going to help me, or are you just going to lecture me while the patient gets worse? Okay. We need 10 mil calcium gluconate and 10 units of actrapid in 50 mil dextrose. And luckily, we just carry the basics for any emergency. So, if we just hook her up... Now, you're going to tell me what's really going on. She came in like this. Not she... her. Oh, stop being so dramatic. Nothing's going on. Amira, you pretty much got me through my cardio placement and suddenly you don't... Okay. I call that a happy ECG readout. She's all right. Crisis temporarily averted, but we need to find out what's causing it now. Come on. I want an answer. And I need coffee. Is there somewhere we can talk? No receptionist, no charge nurse, let me guess. Surplus to requirements? You're lucky the coffee machine's still here. What happens if there's an emergency? I mean, I know money's tight, but this is ridiculous. It's fine. We're managing. If I keep the doors open, I can hear if there are any problems on the wards. Okay, Mira. So tell me, what's wrong? I'm fine. You just forgot how to do a basic cardiac assessment. Look, it's not a big deal. Look, we haven't spoken in what? Almost 18 months, and I was halfway across Cardiff. Why didn't you just tell your registrar? I mean, where are they? Look, I panicked. You're not a panicker. I just... I went blank. I'm not usually alone on a ward like this, and it's my first shift under this registrar, but... I'm fine now. Fine? Any other symptoms? Migraines? Blackouts? No. I just... freaked. I don't think it's anything serious. Probably just stress. No, it's just stress. Okay. If you do get any other symptoms, you tell me, all right? It's nothing, Owen. Honestly, I've had a lot on my mind lately, that's all. But if I start seeing flashing spots or purple bats or whatever, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> it's good to see you. Yeah, you too. Right then. First thing to do is to check out our medical records. Already did that. She's asthmatic, spent some time in a psychiatric unit with depression. No, they wouldn't cause anything like this. Okay, I want to run some proper bloods and start. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. She's vividly hallucinating her dead sister. Now you tell me. You are. It's been four years, not four centuries. I haven't changed that much, you cheeky cow. Well, yeah, if you're doing nine to five, they'd like you to turn up at nine. That's why you kept getting the sack. Only joking. We both know you are sacked because you kept turning up to work still off your face from the night before. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny. Yeah, you know, this really should have been the headline. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was a bit distracted by my patient being on the verge of death. Mm, she'd been like this all day. More or less. She wakes up for a few minutes at a time. Always a totally lucid conversation. Always her dead sister Ella. How did Ella die? Fell from a fifth floor balcony. Oh? Just an accident. 
She was at a party. She'd taken drugs. It's all in Lucy's psych report. We better have a word. Why? I assume you don't normally diagnose psychiatric conditions without talking to the patient first. <laughs> well, you know me. The best patients are unconscious. Still using that calling catchphrase. Hello, Lucy. I am Dr. Harper, and you remember Dr. Hussain here. Um, can you tell me who you're talking to? Can you see her? It's Ella, my sister. She can see you. She says you've got sad eyes. Does she now? I wouldn't worry. She always says that a bloke she fancies. Reckons it makes her sound deep. <laughs> How are you feeling, Lucy? I can sleep for a week. But me and Ella's got so much catching up to do. Do you remember what happened to your sister? What are you on about? The party, the accident. Of course I remember. She borrowed my pulling skirt. I went to jump in Jack's. To God knows what. She was going out with this total waster. Leon, his name was. I should have been there. She was always all right when I was with her. Lucy... If your sister died, how can she be here now? How do I know? I'm not a doctor, am I? I reckon she just knew I needed her. So she came home. Okay. Weird. And she's... Yeah, she's out cold. How long before she comes round again? It varies. First spell was three minutes, last just over twelve. But they're getting longer. Right. Full spectrum bloods and uh, I need more coffee. <laughs> You're getting old, Harper. Mm. When did you start needing coffee to get through an all nighter? <laughs> oh, this place is really trying to creep me out. I haven't seen a single porter since I got here. And where's the ward sister? Over in C Block. That's where most of the action happens these days. Everywhere else is like this. Ghost town. Hmm. There's nothing worse than a deserted hospital. Feels like something out 28 days later. Right. I'll get supplies. You get coffee. Ahem. <clears throat> Please. Better. <laughs> cappuccino with sugar, yes? Yeah, that's right. You know, Italians frown on drinking cappuccino after 11am. Yeah, pretty sure I told you that. Did you? Yes. <laughs> So, this new job, are you allowed to tell me? Tell you what? Who it is you work for. You basically disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. And everyone thought I'd been recruited to some top-secret facility. Well, it was that or that you'd had a nervous breakdown. I mean, it was just after... Yeah. So come on. Which was it? Nervous breakdown. Nine months in a padded cell. No. What? Really? Well, they gave me a quick lobotomy with a cordless drill, and I'm, I'm fine now. That's not funny. <laughs> Listen, if I'd been recruited to a top-secret research facility, I'd hardly be able to tell you about it now, would I? Ha! I knew it! So who is it? MI5? MI6? What's that one in Gloucester? The building that looks like a bagel? GCHQ. Yes, that's the one. Is it them? It's none of them. Oh. Yeah, and you are not going to get any more out of me, Amira, so you might as well give up now. Hmm. Well, you've never picked up the phone. I thought after Katie died, but you never answered. Yeah. 
Sorry, I wanted a clean break, you know. I missed you. You didn't miss out on much. Been drinking and shagging your way around Cardiff, have you? Oh, you always assume the worst. <laughs> That's the danger with old friends. I remember you before you met her. All that brooding. And the hair gel. <laughs> oh, don't. So much hair gel. I was 21. Your shopping bill must have been cut in half when you stopped applying that stuff with a trowel. <laughs> and the little beard. Remember your little chin beard. Yes, it wouldn't have killed you to tell me I looked like a tit. <laughs> Significantly less funny that way. Yeah. Think we've got everything we need. Here's your coffee. Oh, ta. Now, what about you? Year and a half in the life of Amira Hussain. What's new? Still in psychiatrics. Oh, yeah? Then how's that going? It's messy. No straight answers, no clean diagnosis. And you have to talk to patients all day. <laughs> Who lie? Half the time they don't even realise they're doing it. What about everything else? Meaning? Well, marriages, babies, mortgages, you know. Life. <sighs> oh, life. Yeah, I've heard of that. That's what other people do while we're doing paperwork, yeah? <laughs> oh, these gloves. I never get the hang of these gloves. Right. Turn okay? Here. Tar. But you must have done something. Um, I got a new bike. Oh, another one. You only just bought one last time I saw you. Got to spend it on something, right? <laughs> oh, she's a bit of a stone, this one. What do you mean? I'm having difficulty finding a vein. Stone? As in, getting blood out of a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Okay. Right, that should just about do it. Thank you, Lucy. Now, we get the samples loaded in. What the hell is that? Cutting-edge medical research, remember? This beauty can give us an instant readout of any foreign bodies. In this case, revealing... Oh. What? Nothing. No virus, no bacterial infection. Well, she's got a bit of a cold, but... No indication of why she'd be suffering with hyperkalemia, let alone why she'd be talking to a dead woman. What do you reckon? You testing me? Yep. Honestly, Owen, I'm fine. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So what do you think? Well, nothing's showing up on any blood test. Mm -hmm. And the ECG looks OK. Time to bring out the big guns. Lumbar puncture. Exactly what I was thinking. See? Told you I was fine. Hello. Oh, hello. Oh, thank God. I thought I'm never letting you out of my sight again. She's back then. The ghost. Why are you being so nice to me? It's weird. How are you feeling, Lucy? She says she's never going to leave me again. God knows why. And what, what makes you say that, Lucy? After what I did. I'm surprised she's even talking to me. No, seriously. I am. No lie. What happened? I told you. I let her go out that night. I could have gone with her, but I let her go with Leon and then, well, look what happened. You think it was your fault? She was my baby sister. It was my job to look after her and, and I didn't. I can hardly keep my eyes open. Ella, promise when I wake up you'll be here, yeah? Promise me. Promise. Right. That's 15 minutes out and about a minute conscious, but... When she is awake, she seems very lucid. That conversation was a continuation of the one she was having before she fell asleep. In delusional patients, that's rare. 
It's almost as if... Oh, don't say it. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. If we get drawn into her fantasy, we've no chance of dragging her out of it. This isn't like any fantasy I've ever seen. It's... You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you fancy it, subscribe. Oh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> Cooey, Mr Shifter. Oh, hello, love.